What are the three key fantasy football questions facing the 2023 Baltimore Ravens ahead of their training camp? It's time to break that team right here and right now as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We're here yet to another division. We're looking at the AFC North starting today. So we've asked the key questions for now a conference and a division. Went through all the NFC teams, went through the AFC East, all the way through Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. Now it's time to kick off our look at the AFC North. So we'll go in alphabetical order by city name. So we'll bring up the Baltimore Ravens here first, an intriguing team with the new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. Then we'll go to the Cincinnati Bengals, Cleveland Browns, and Pittsburgh Steelers. So we're almost there. We're almost through all the divisions here as we get deep into the AFC. If you missed any of the shows here on the archives, check it out. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts. We're Locked On Fantasy Football, part of Locked On Network. Your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. So good team to break down the Ravens. Uh, some changes here that we want to keep track of. Maybe open up the passing game a little bit more. More targets to look at for Lamar Jackson. And don't forget about J.K. Dobbins uh, wanting a little bit more money. Be a centerpiece of this offense. We'll see if he can actually come through there. So those are the questions we'll explore here on today's show. Again, thanks for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen day. We're free wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's dive right into the first key question we have with the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, is he all the way back, and how high can his ceiling go in this pass-friendly offense on top of his running? So let's look at where we were with Lamar Jackson last year. He's battled some injuries. He hasn't been at that 2019 MVP level quite some time. Now you look at the numbers, QB 14 overall, but we know he missed some time. He was... QB6 in terms of average scoring when you look at it compared to other quarterbacks. And QB4 is is a very lofty ranking. The numbers last year played out like this in his uh, time with uh, missing that time a month of action. 2,242 yards, passing 17 TDs through the air, seven interceptions, 764 yards rushing, very healthy number there, and three TDs. If you project that over a full season, it would have been 3,176 yards. So that's a big number for him to break 3,000. 24 TDs there. That's a nice number. 1,082 yards rushing. So it would have been another 1,000-yard season for him and four TDs. And we know his TDs can go up as high as seven on the ground. So when he was in his MVP season in 2019, he averaged 7.8 yards per passing attempt, 8.9 adjusted YPA. So that's where his... Uh, Upside lies here. Can he get it going in the passing game? This is a team that only threw 49% of the time last year as they phased out Greg Roman and that offense. This is going to be a team that's going to throw more than 50% of the time for sure. We're not expecting a massive bump here, but Todd Munkin in previous stops, we've seen him open up the offense with the Buccaneers, with the Browns. 
he wants to throw the ball downfield a, a little bit more. Now, to that end, the Ravens did upgrade their weapons, adding uh, Zay Flowers in the first round of the draft. So two out of the last three years, they've had first-round receivers, Rashad Bateman being the other. They also added Nelson Aguilar for depth. And the big name splash there to give him a shot, Odell Beckham Jr. So all of a sudden, some weapons are real there. You still have Mark Andrews carrying over, Jackson's go-to guy for a long time. We also have an upgraded offensive line. Tyler Linderbaum now is established there in the middle, anchoring things as their new interior rock, the way that Marshall Yanda was. So great blocking up front, good diverse passing weapons, the go-to guy in Andrews all over the field, and well-rested, has the contract out of the way. That's not a cloud over him now getting that deal in place for long-term to stay in Baltimore. So a lot of things that went wrong for Lamar Jackson, the health, maybe worrying about it was he going to sign long term? What was the kind of the parameters of that deal? That's all taken care of now. So Lamar Jackson, I think everything is uh, fine and dandy here with the organization. So he can just go out there and play football. And I think he's going to enjoy Todd Munkin's offense. Now Munkin is a smart guy as well. He worked at Georgia, so he knows that running game is important as well. Also the running quarterback to some degree in, in Stetson Bennett. But when you look overall with this offense, I think you'll see a nice blend, but they're not going to go completely away from what Jackson does well. We don't want him necessarily passing too much here because it takes away from that running upside. We know it's much easier to get those points with the rushing yardage. You just have to get 10 yards versus 25 yards passing. So that's kind of the ratio you're looking at. You want, of course, Lamar to throw a little bit more so he can push towards those 30 TDs again, break clearly past 3,000 yards, go for maybe a career high in passing yards. That would help. But you also don't want him to lose that edge as a runner. So I think this is a good balance here. When you look at the numbers from last year, I think that's a good floor indication here. 3,176, I think he can break that. I think he'll have a career high in passing yardage this year. TDs, again, you're looking for 30-plus combined. If you projected his numbers from last year, he would have been right there at 28. And rushing, again, you can get to 1,000 there for sure. And what we like is the potential to cut down on the interceptions as well. That is always going to be big because it – can cut into the rushing totals that, you know, you get minus two in a lot of leagues for those. So you want to make sure those are not uh, detrimental here, but the passing boost should go up. The yards per attempt should go up. They're going to push the ball downfield a little bit more. The offensive line is there. The running game should be healthier. So Lamar Jackson can play off that as well on top of the improved receivers. So the answer is QB four. Is this too lofty for Lamar Jackson? Essentially he's right behind the top tier of Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. Is that too high for Lamar Jackson? I don't think so. And can he challenge one of those guys for the number one overall spot? Absolutely. I think his biggest threat is Jalen Hurts because I think you'll see Josh Allen run a little bit less. Patrick Mahomes runs, picks his spots, but Jackson, we know that'll still be a part of his game. So I think you could see a transition similar to what we saw with Hurts last year. You like that dual threat action where he's going to run and punch more in but also get the ball downfield to some really talented receivers. So everything lines up for Lamar Jackson to have a big rebound season. You're going to have to pay, I think, a premium to get him. He is not going to be a cheap value, so that's one thing to keep in mind. If you're looking for that, you're not going to get it. But if you're looking for an alternative and give that fourth QB that could finish as the top QB overall in fantasy, and then you're looking pretty here. So if Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts are off the board, let someone else do that. I think you can have a guy that can challenge Hurts for the number one average scoring spot here in fantasy football. So love it. I don't think there's any drawbacks here, Lamar Jackson. And the new offense is a little bit concerning, but again, his arm has proven to be solid when he has the weapons to throw down field. He just hasn't had a lot of that in the day. 
they realized their mistake in moving Marquise Holloway Brown. They had to do that because again, they didn't want to invest too much in him, but they realized that they need a little bit more pop in the passing game. They got that with a lot of options here, including Beckham and flowers. And we'll get into who's going to be the most productive receiver. Can you extract some good wide receiver value beyond Mark Andrews uh, elite tight end production there? We'll look at that. in our, our third question, we'll look at JK Dobbins and what to expect from him in our, Next segment here on Locked on Fantasy Football, the key questions for the Baltimore Ravens. It is a big time of the year in MLB. The All-Star break is here, just around the corner, and it's no better time there to get in on the action. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll get $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting. Everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. So a lot of excitement with the All-Star game, the home run derby coming up. So some last regular season action to get in before that break early next week. It's all on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win at FanDuel, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook, so give it a try now. It's easy to sign up. Just go today to visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel official partner of Major League Baseball and a proud sponsor here of Locked On Fantasy Football. It is time to continue the show, and we're looking at the Baltimore Ravens, three key questions that we're trying to find answers to ahead of training camp. Thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen day. Every day or so, your next show, we'll look at the Cincinnati Bengals. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. All right, let's look at the backfield question. Can J.K. Dobbins be trusted for a rebound season as an RB2? Well, there are signs that point to yes, but let's look at where we were with Dobbins last year. Finished this RB53 overall, had some more injury issues, RB30 in terms of average scoring. You had not much from Gus Edwards or... One, Justice Hill still being a part of the special teams that keeps him on the team. You look at what the vacated uh, carries are for this team. You have 117, 136 vacated touches. Now, if you look at it specifically, a lot of it comes from Kenny and Drake. He touched the ball 109 times last year. The other eight carries come from Mike Davis. So really it's the same trio again, Dobbins, Edwards, and Hill. Keep in mind, Edwards and Dobbins were coming off knee injuries last year. Very hard to navigate. Now, let's look at the rankings here. Interesting, Dobbins is all the way up at RB18, so solidly placed among the middle of the RB2s in half-point PPR, according to the expert consensus on Fantasy Pros. You have Gus Edwards, uh, not with his receiving role at all, at RB53. Last year, Kenny Drake, as their leading rusher, finished at RB42 overall and RB47 on average. So we're looking for some numbers to make up here. There, When you look at what J.K. Dobbins did. Now, the key numbers here is what we're looking for in that situation is trying to find, can he break into the RB2? So you're looking maybe a 1,000 yards rushing, if you can get to that number, 200 carries and keep up that gaudy five-point yards per carry. So that would be good. And then if you can get a number of receptions around 40 and add about 200 more yards there, average five yards per catch. So if you do that, you'll have 1,200 yards and then getting that TD total to double digits at 10. So that's what we're looking for for really J.K. Dobbins to ascend, not 
too crazy. He just needs to get around 250 touches and he'll get to the numbers. And look, there's enough vacated room here where Gus Edwards playing in, again, the same opportunities will eat up some of those. And they didn't really have anyone to replace those key carries with Drake and that moved on from Davis as well is kind of the same depth chart we've had before when everyone's been healthy, Dobbins, Edwards, and Hill. Hill hardly touches the ball. We know that with his kind of special teams role, and that's what keeps him on the roster here. So, again, with the Drake vacated carries and touches overall, that gives an opportunity for Edwards to swallow up those and be the complimentary back. And then maybe really look at Dobbins as that lead back. And I think another appeal of Dobbins, he catches passes. We know Munkin, they're going to raise the passing efficiency of this team. Edwards does not give you anything in that capacity. They don't really have a lot of uh, competition there. So that's going to bump up Dobbins. Uh, I think we're being kind of conservative with those 40 catches for 200 yards. It could really bump up more than that, maybe adjust the rushing total a little bit. But if you can get a few more catches and you still get the yards, you'll still be happy at that in half point and full PPR because you'll get more of those credit for that uh, volume for sure. So J.K. Dobbins, I think, really comes down to the health. Do you trust him at all to be healthy? But he's in a great situation. It might seem like, okay, they're going to pass a little bit more. You trust the running back a little bit less. But Dobbins, again, pass catching, explosiveness, good red zone runner as well. He's always had big yards per carry average. So Dobbins should be rather fresh as well. He's not been running to the ground. I know he's battled injuries, but hasn't seen a lot of volume there. So if he's healthy, and that's a big if really with Dobbins. But I think solidly you can target him as an RB2. Is it too aggressive to go RB18? I don't think so because you look at RB21, there's not a lot that he has to bump up. Just has to be on the field a little bit more to get to that level. So J.K. Dobbins we're trusting in as well on top of Lamar Jackson. So Jackson, Dobbins, two reliable options that should pop up here running and work in the passing game as well. All right, speaking of the passing game, we will look at the wide receivers. So we'll look at Rashad Bateman versus the field here. That includes... Odell Beckham Jr. and rookie Zay Flowers to see where you can find the value there, if anything, for fantasy football at wide receiver in Baltimore. We'll do that in our final segment here. Thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Again, we're just part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Check out your favorite team's podcast here. We get you ready for training camp. We'll go full bore here with five shows a week, uh, breaking down all those teams as they get ready for preseason action. Of course, turning the corner to the regular season. So check out your favorite teams uh, podcast here with the NFL. We've got you covered on the locked on podcast network. It is time to close the show and break down the third key question for the Ravens. We asked about Lamar Jackson. We asked about JK Dobbins. I we're going to ask, is there any standout wide receiver we should pay attention to between Rashad Bateman Odell Beckham Jr. and Zay Flowers. Now, we're taking Nelson Aguilar out of the equation, and there's a good reason to, but let's look at what we had last year. Bateman finished as wide receiver 110. He was hurt, really didn't play too much here at all after the first four games. Had a brief comeback, but then was put on the shelf again, so that's not expected. Devin Duvernay finished as wide receiver 56 overall. He was actually wide receiver 63 and half-point PPR and average points. Nelson Aguilar as a Patriot. He finished way down as 95. Now, interesting that Bateman, 110 there with the overall scoring, but 55th even in that short period of time with the average scoring. So something to look at there. If you look at Bateman, he got off to a really good start to the point where he was looking at uh, 63 catches, 730 yards, and two TDs uh, were what's vacated here. That's what you get from Demarcus Robinson. He's gone. He has the most targets that are gone from 
the Ravens, uh, they have quite a few. They have 183 vacant targets. 75 are in the wide receiver core from Demarcus Robinson. You have Deshaun Jackson at 17, another veteran, Sammy Watkins with five. So right there, there's an opportunity for 730 yards and two TDs, as we mentioned, to bump up Bateman's total. He was actually pretty good when you look at it last year. If you looked at his uh, first four games before he got hurt and then had the recurring injury, he was on pace for 1,033 yards, eight to nine TDs, and getting 94 targets, only uh, 47 catches because he had such a big play percentage. He's a big play receiver. He can stretch the field. I think sometimes we look at Beckham being that guy, but I think Bateman is still that guy for this team. Beckham is more red zone finisher. I think at this stage he's more of a possession guy. Zay Flowers would be more of a slot guy. So let's look at the rankings here. Bateman is at uh, wide receiver 44, according to the expert consensus on fantasy pros, half point PPR. You have Zay Flowers at 51, OBJ at 59. So really looking at one of these three guys stepping up. Devin Duvernay buried all the way at 105. Nelson Aguilar at 110, coincidentally where Bateman finished last year among the wide receivers. So not expecting Duvernay or Aguilar or James Prochet, these guys to be faded a little bit in this offense. You also have uh, Tylen Wallace. It'll be a battle for these guys just to make the team. You figure behind Bateman, it's going to be Beckham, Flowers, Aguilar in some order here. So Duvernay will still be held on to because he's a slot guy, has some big playability, but his Offensive role should diminish greatly as he'll focus more in the return game. So look at that. Rashad Bateman definitely has the upside. He's not going to face the tougher coverage now with Odell drawing some attention. Zay Flowers will also demand some with his quickness and speed. But Bateman, again, was headed to a big season last year, but just didn't quite uh, get going and then had to go back on the shelf. He's a big play guy, but I think he's underrated for his scoring. And Lamar Jackson has the most history with him, right? These guys are all new. Beckham, Flowers, Aguilar, all new in the offense. If they're going to fade Duvernay in this offense, there's going to be one familiar target there, and that's going to be Bateman. So I think Jackson's return is great for Bateman. So that's the only place I'm going to go. But I think he's being undervalued right now in this offense. I liked him last year as a wide receiver three, a little bit beyond that at wide receiver 44 and a half point PPR. But yeah, don't chase the big name of Beckham. Don't get excited about the rookie nature of Flowers. Bateman's the guy to target here as your wide receiver three from the Ravens, and not much else to see there. You have Mark Andrews being elite tight end. Dobbins getting a bump up in his reception total, but we're not going to extend too much. This offense is going to open up a little bit with Munkin for Jackson, but we're not going to go crazy beyond Bateman here on this team, and we're really happy that Demarcus Robinson's gone. That really opens things up in key situations for Bateman to produce if he's healthy and really comes down to Bateman Dobbins. These guys are healthy. Jackson's having a big year. Again, we're always factoring in players injury risk and something to look to, but we know for now Dobbins and Bateman can be relied upon for some big things here. Well removed from their injuries. There you have it. There's a look at the Baltimore Ravens. A lot of upside, a lot of buzz with Todd Munkin. I think there's going to be a lot of positive effects here, but uh, don't go crazy extending. Jackson, Dobbins, Bateman, and Andrews is what you're looking at here for the Ravens and uh, not much else. And things have to develop there. Gus Edwards being a handcuff is your probably your best backup bet here in 2023. So we look to the Baltimore Ravens. That means every day is our next team that we will uh, – examine in the key question realm will be the Cincinnati Bengals. That'll be up here to close the week here. Then we'll turn the corner into the back half of the AFC North and look at the AFC South, AFC West. So we've got you covered of all 32 teams before they open up training camp here. 
Again, uh, thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first list today. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe and follow wherever you are, uh, your platforms, whether it's uh, audio or right here on YouTube if you're watching us there. So really appreciate you for Locked On Fantasy Football. For a look at the Baltimore Ravens, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time looking at the Bengals.